My name is Ralph Hernandez. I am a homicide detective for the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. I've been a homicide detective now for 10 years. And as soon as we looked at the autopsy report and photos, the bruises just stood out. You look at the bruising and she looks like the victim of an assault. And uh, the fact is that we have a lot of information as to the events of what occurred that evening. We have a lot of evidence that tends to point to a very suspicious death and would certainly indicate the possibility of foul play. RJ's lack of participation in our reopening certainly adds to our suspicions about the case. We'd love to solve this case. We'd love to come to the truth, whatever that truth might be. We would love to at least bring closure to the people that deserve to know the truth. She burst onto the scene as a little girl in Miracle on 34th Street. She became an international sex symbol after starring in Rebel Without a Cause. And then, all of it came to a sudden, horrific end. Ms. Natalie Wood, a three-time Oscar-nominated actress known the world over, was found dead yesterday. She'd been with her husband, actor Robert Wagner, along with Christopher Walken. What you're about to hear is the tragic tale of Hollywood superstar Natalie Wood. Her life and her heartbreaking death first ruled an accidental drowning. But as time went by, new facts emerged, new witnesses came forward, and suddenly the only accident was the investigation itself. Hello and welcome to Fatal Voyage, the mysterious death of Natalie Wood. I'm your host, Dylan Howard. Join us as we present exclusive interviews, uncover shocking new evidence, and hear previously untold stories for the very first time. All in the hopes of shining a light on a case that has been the subject of suspected cover-up and baffled investigators for over 35 years. Here's what we know. On Thanksgiving weekend in 1981, world-famous Hollywood actress Natalie Wood and her TV star husband Robert Wagner left their kids and the bright lights of Los Angeles behind and set out on their yacht for a trip to Catalina Island. Along for the ride, Natalie's latest co-star and recent Academy Award winner Christopher Walken. And there was one other person aboard, their longtime boat captain Dennis Deverne. Located just off the mainland of Los Angeles, Catalina was, and remains to this day, a playground for Angelinos, a place where the wealthy, powerful and sometimes infamous go to escape the spotlight. It was in the early hours of November 29th when three-time Oscar nominee and Golden Globe winner Natalie Wood was found, floating in a remote cove on the northern end of Catalina Island, wearing only a nightgown, a large red jacket, and a pair of wool socks. Found nearby was their dinghy. Crashed up onto the jagged Catalina coast, Natalie's body was lifeless and covered in bruises. The international movie star, loved the world over, was now dead at just 43 years old. 
Miss Wood had spent the weekend on Catalina Island, a popular resort located about 30 minutes by air from the mainland. She had been aboard the Splendor, a yacht owned by her and her actor husband, Robert Wagner. The yacht was moored in Isthmus Cove, about midway between Avalon Harbor and Emerald Bay, where they normally tie up. The first autopsy performed in 1981 determined Natalie Wood's death was caused by, quote, accidental drowning. Here's the LA County Chief Medical Examiner and coroner at the time, Thomas Noguchi. The examination reveals um, a scraping mark on the left side of the cheek without any evidence of a foul prey or injury to explain the uh, person to be uh, unconscious. And uh, based on this, the uh, position where boat is found and uh, remains floating, uh, totally consistent with the person who stepped, missed the step and uh, then unable to return to the boat. But did she really slip and fall into the water? Many suspected foul play then, but nothing was ever proven, and her death was quickly ruled an accident. But in 2009, the boat captain, Dennis Deverne, completely changed his initial story, and his new account called into question much of what the first investigation had established. Miss Wood somehow ended up in the water and drowned. At the time of the incident, it was investigated by us, the LA County Sheriff's Department, in the uh, LA County Coroner's Office. The, uh, her death was ruled an accident. Recently, we have received information uh, which we felt was substantial, enough to make us take another look at this case. In 2011, the case was reopened and a new investigation was launched. The original autopsy was reassessed, new witnesses were found, and by 2013, her death was determined to have been caused by drowning and other undetermined factors. Those undetermined factors have been under investigation ever since, and as this podcast will reveal, the LA Sheriff's Office believe there may be much more to this story, and it may be of a criminal nature. The overriding question they're asking, was Natalie Wood murdered? And if so, why? Well, there's new witnesses. And um, uh, there has, we have looked at, um, really, what we've, re, we've interviewed a lot of new people, and uh, people on the island, people who were moored, moored near the boat uh, uh, that night or that weekend, people who had a, uh, knew the couple or had knowledge of uh, what was going on that weekend. So it's been extremely helpful in recreating what happened. Well, he hasn't, he hasn't always been a person of interest. Obviously, he was on the boat. There were four people on the boat that night, and one of them ended up in the water dead. Um, uh, so, but as the investigation progressed, I mean, we were able to recreate the timeline and cut, get it down to where he was the last person with her on the back of the boat arguing before everything went quiet. Did her husband, R.J. Wagner, have a direct hand in Natalie Wood's death? He has admitted to having jealousy issues and in his own memoir, recounted a time when he felt like killing the suspected object of Natalie's affections. What about Christopher Walken? He was mostly tight-lipped on the subject back in 1981, but after the case reopened, he did speak with police. What does he know? 
And what of all the evidence discovered but never followed up on? As some have suggested, was this a cover-up? And if so, by whom? There are many questions and theories, but perhaps none more far-fetched than the following. Author of The Night My Husband Killed Me, Kathleen McKenna. She was so famous, so beautiful, such a tragedy. The whole world was looking at this. And that that kind of pressure would normally make um, the LAPD and the district attorney's office and the coroner's office bend over backwards to look under every rock to at least follow some sort of investigation. How could that have ever been stopped unless there was somebody truly high powered that told him to leave it alone? I think it was Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan? Even I have to admit that does seem a bit out there. But as we know from history, truth can often be stranger than fiction. There are many accounts of what could have happened on the night in question. But what we can all agree upon is that Natalie Wood was on the boat and then she was gone forever. Natalie Wood was the Jennifer Aniston of her time, a lovable star, a household name. She found her way into the heart of America at just eight years old, with a lead role in Miracle on 34th Street. She then set the world on fire, co-starring with one of the greatest icons of the silver screen, James Dean, in the legendary Rebel Without a Cause. This movie, by the way, earned her the first of three Academy Award nominations. And one of the greatest musicals of all time, West Side Story, she was in that too. Natalie's talent captured the imagination of moviegoers worldwide. Her accessibility made young men believe they could date her, and her beauty caused many leading men to actually do so. Natalie went on to have an amazing career, as well as a life of glamour, romance and fame, but it came at a huge personal expense. As the main provider for her family, Natalie was exploited and even abused by those she loved the most from the very beginning. While other kids were playing and leading normal lives, Natalie had to keep money coming in, and her mother, Maria, used every tool at her disposal to keep Natalie permanently employed. Maria Gurdon controlled everything about Natalie's life while she was growing up and used some very cruel methods to keep her daughter fearful, insecure and in need of her mother at all times. Here's Natalie's sister, Lana Wood, remembering one of her mother's most insidious claims. Long before Natalie was born, my mother said that a gypsy told her fortune and that she said that she would have um, a child or that one of her children was going to be known internationally, very, very famous, but that she sees a drowning and somebody was going to die by drowning. And my mother used to tell us that story from the time I was a young child and tell Natalie. And Natalie, therefore Natalie was terrified of water right from the get-go because of my mom. She never learned to swim. The fortune teller hadn't said the fortune was specifically about Natalie, but Maria used that horrible anecdote to keep Natalie under her control. Natalie was always scared. My mom was always scared of water because she didn't know if it meant her. She didn't know what it meant. I don't know which came first, the, uh, the gypsies foretelling or my mother 
always being afraid of water, but neither one of them would swim. They just wouldn't. And I said, that's not a good way to prevent drowning. Knowing how to swim is a far better way to go. I think what my mom's personality, how it affected Natalie and myself both, is um, it made us pleasers. No matter what, you have to please. You have to accept the hardship. You have to accept whatever is going on and make sure that you don't make waves. Here's Professor of Film, Rebecca Sullivan. So once Natalie arrived in Hollywood, she began to steadily climb through the ranks of child actors. Her mother made sure she was never a problem, that she always did exactly as she was told, maybe even a little bit more. She was always respectful and polite. She was always prepared. Um, many of her co-stars, like Orson Welles, would talk about her professionalism and her poise as almost terrifying. And it was almost terrifying for Natalie Wood. She was scared to death if she let anyone down. This inability to let people down made Natalie an incredible employee, but it wreaked havoc on her personal life. The short time that Natalie spent in, in actual high school, um, she fell in love with and a boy fell in love with her. My mom and dad were hysterical over it, um, to the point of bringing the boy to the house and saying, I don't want you anywhere near my daughter. They just didn't find that that was appropriate for Natalie. And it was a mess. It was a genuine mess. I just remember a great deal of trouble in the house. And this boy who was told never to come around again. Ironically, the man Natalie's mum would eventually approve of was the same man who many say is responsible for her death. So I am Ken Levine, and I am a longtime television writer. Natalie Wood was very young when she married Robert Wagner, like still a teenager, like, you know, in her late teens. And, you know, I, I didn't give it much thought at that time. But I think back to myself when I was 18, and then I was an idiot. Uh, I I didn't know anything about the, um, the the ways of the world, but I grew up with my peers, and Natalie Wood grew up with grown-ups, and so she was probably um, mature beyond her years. I'm Cynthia Lucia. I'm a professor of English and director of film and media studies at Ryder University. Of course, everybody loved this couple. They were the golden couple, good looking. They were in love. Um, and, and there was a kind of innocence about Natalie Wood. So I think the kind of the, the marriage was a kind of, you know, excitement for everybody watching. I think probably is as exciting as the royal wedding would be today. As we will see, theirs was an intense and complicated relationship. The day that Natalie died, um, I had a very bad sleepless night and um, 
didn't fall asleep until about four or five o'clock in the morning. My mother and I were having tea in the kitchen and you know, doing all kinds of things because I couldn't sleep. I, she couldn't sleep. Um, I was awakened very early. I was horrified. I, I couldn't imagine how anything like that could possibly happen. Knowing Natalie, I, it, it, it's impossible. Um, it's a blur, I blocked it out, which is something, it's my uh, defense mechanism. I'm sorry, um, I'll get over it. Um, it's how I cope, is I just block out certain things. And I just blocked out a lot of that. What is often regarded as a time for family and friends, the news of Natalie's demise over Thanksgiving weekend echoed across the country, around the world, and especially in Hollywood. Friends and relatives came to pay their respects at the Beverly Hills home of Natalie Wood and her actor husband, Robert Wagner. Entertainer Dinah Shore was still visibly shaken. My first thought was anger. I, would, I mean, it's just such a terrible waste. I, I mean, I don't understand how it could happen. Could Robert Wagner really have murdered Natalie Wood? What would drive him to potentially commit such a heinous act? He had always worried that Natalie would cheat on him. So, was she caught having an affair with Walken on the night of her death? Did Robert fly into a jealous rage? An important fact to consider. Since the reopening of the case in 2011, RJ has refused to talk to investigators. The question being asked, why? Is Wagner hiding something? And if so, what? Rumour has it that RJ may have been the one in fact having an affair with Christopher Walken. Did Natalie see something she should not have? My name is Tommy Lifer Garrett, and I'm a Hollywood insider. There's a reason that he and Chris Walken both clammed up for decades. It was almost as if they both, from day one, agreed that this is not good for either of us. I mean, it's Hollywood. People do things like that. Um, it's not the most ideal thing someone catches their spouse with their friend, but something bad happened, and um, and Chris Walken knows it. He wasn't in on it, but he's complicit in the silence. In this series, my team and I will be interviewing forensic experts, new witnesses, law enforcement, Hollywood insiders, and journalists who have an intimate understanding of Natalie's personal life, as well as her life as a Hollywood superstar. Our hope is to find out, definitively, what really happened to Natalie Wood. And if she was murdered, we aim to find out exactly who was responsible. And for the first time ever, we will hear previously undiscovered excerpts from Natalie's own unpublished memoir, as well as a rare, once-lost interview with Natalie herself. An interview that may also shed some light on this enduring and endlessly haunting case. So with that, let us go back and start at the very beginning. On the next Fatal Voyage, the mysterious death of Natalie Wood. Whatever you needed to do to get your offspring to succeed. And Maria Gurdon was, was an expert at that. She knew no bounds. The rape uh, of Natalie Wood was, from what I've understood, quite brutal and quite violent. Uh, she was fearful. And I think she was correct that her career in that day and age would have been ruined had she reported it. 
and it must have been a very, very difficult, difficult thing for her. Fatal Voyage is executive produced and hosted by me, Dylan Howard, and American Media Incorporated. Executive producers also include Kelly Garner and Carolina Saavedra from Treefort Media. Editing, scoring and original music by Tom Monaghan. The series is mixed and engineered by Stephen Cologne. There's so much more to this story and you don't want to miss anything, that I can assure you. Make sure to subscribe to Fatal Voyage wherever you get podcasts.